0: What's up, hobby friends, and welcome back to Paint Bravely, the podcast where you can find a little bit of encouragement, discover new ways to make your hobby more fun, and most importantly, learn to paint bravely. All right, so we got some cool hobby stuff to talk about. Get your paintbrushes out, your paints, sit down, get a drink. Let's get into this. First thing we're going to do check in on old Brent over here and see what he's been up to with all the hobby last couple of weeks.
1: Well, I think we're going to do a little bit of a. A 3d printer episode today and for all you without 3d printers you just keep (laughs) painting you just uh listen to us natter on and and you put some paint on your paintbrush and and paint on bravely or or walk your cat or or whatever it is you do while you listen to paint bright for the podcast
0: walking cats is pretty good though
1: pretty good pretty great yeah Now, here in Goober Town, it's springtime. The the sun's out, the snow is melted, the birds are chirping, the the grass is starting to grow again, and it's not Uh, quite so dang cold in my basement. And so you know what that (laughs) means. It is 3D printing season for the next six months. So, whereas in the winter, it gets cold in my basement, the 3D prints eh, 50-50 whether they uh, actually finish or not. But in the, in the springtime, the summertime, <laughs> the warm months of autumn, it prints just fine. So, I've got a little bit of a backlog I've been cranking on through. Now, these days, I've got a, a, a Creality Hallot 1 Plus that seems to be functional. So, I loaded that up with some any cubic resin, uh, uh, flesh-colored resin. It's a, it's a peachy color. Ooh.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. Yep.
1: Now... I like I like the tans, the the peachy. I don't like white. I don't like black. Sure. Gray grey is okay, but there's a there's a coldness to it that, that tends to like shine <laughs> right through the primer and, and make the paint jobs just a little bit more annoying. I like I like the warmth of, of uh that, that peachy flesh resin. <laughs>
0: that makes no sense. <laughs> You'll
1: get your turn to talk.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just uh, you know just wondering how that works once you prime over it. It's all black primer white zenithal. It's like there's no color showing through that primer
1: I hope We've talked about this before I like to prime with red brown because I feel like a little bit of that primer color does show through however many layers of paint you put on over the top and and gray, there's just something cold and clinical about it that just kinda dirties up uh, some paint jobs unless you put like four coats of paint on top of it that's just that's just how I feel, you know, and also the truth you know the, the, literal, <laughs> truth, <so. laughs> the literal truth so okay
0: all right well uh that that's fine that's your truth is your truth,
1: yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> anyway, with the changing of the seasons, I loaded up my printer. It's printing season again. We're we're getting to that side of the hobby to to get some new and wonderful things to to paint. So, how about you, Casey?
0: Uh, I'm kind of on the same journey. Um, I've been I've been doing this this project, taking all these old Stormcast, busted Stormcast models, and three d printing a bunch of stuff to make them look cool, and. Uh, You know, shaving down all their shields so I can do some fancy freehand on them. Yeah. So, you know, I've I've been 3D printing out all this stuff and uh, using the uh, classic, always good Anycubic gray, because it just works. I don't know. I used to use the green stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. the Anycubic green. That's what I started with, and I don't know that you could see through it so much, but it, it it was brittle, so I stopped using it. Just felt brittle. I think because it was curing through the clearness of it, could be like or I was letting it sit in the sun too long or something. I don't know. Uh, but the gray seems to do its job really well every time. So I don't know. Once that started working, I just haven't switched from it. I'm not sure about the the color coming through at all. I haven't noticed any difference because I have some peach colored resins but I don't know that I've noticed any difference with it okay um okay paint wise because I, I do like to prime that you know red brown depending on uh you know what overcoats I'm doing that's always a good way to go but uh yeah black over gray and a little Zenithal on top of that seems seems just fine
1: well that method sounds so, good yeah if you're doing a black and white oh, Zenithal, yeah. it <clears> make, <throat> makes sense with the gray actually that that sounds pretty dang good actually so um, yeah, yeah, we we do agree but, uh, to stay to stay in the middle of the spectrum, not not black, not white, because then you're looking at an object and your eyes just can't register any details. You can't see yeah, if it printed yeah. correctly. You can't see if there's you know nubs and crap to clean up. You you just mm-hmm. see you know like a void or you know. <laughs> the glare off of an ice patch you, you, you see nothing with with the black resin or the or the white resin but which yeah. is which is why for polystyrene like models it's it's white or or non-colored polystyrene pellets and they mix in just a little bit of gray so that models come out gray so that you're holding the sprue you can see what you're doing it's yeah much better than white yeah. much better than black
0: Um, Well, I think that's a lot why people default to the gray anyways, because it's so similar to looking at a sprue mm that that's what you're used to. So it makes sense. Yeah. Like when, when I'm putting parts together, it makes sense in my head. Like, I'm not thinking about it like, oh, this is a 3d print and this is whatever. It's like, no, this is all parts and pieces that belong together. And then it's going to get primed. But I don't know. It's like mentally, it just makes more sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're you're at a big 40k tournament, and and you drop your dreadnought, and and mm. his specialty claw breaks off. You break off your your las gun on your dreadnought. Yeah. And everybody sees that green on the inside of your <laughs> yeah, dreadnought. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. But now much much safer to use plastic. gray. I see what you're thinking. That's that's a good point, Casey.
0: <laughs> Hello. Love that you just throw that on me yeah. right there. Yeah,
1: I'm sorry, Judge. Can you come over here? Can you come over here and look at this <laughs> yeah, for a minute? That looks like
0: looks like hot resin in here. Yeah, right, remove this guy from the it's a,
1: tournament. Yeah, it's any cubic eco uh, green resin. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. circa 2020. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have a lot of uh orcs that have a whole lot of that green resin, like an obscene amount of it so yeah no i'm i've definitely never like shied away from 3d printing anything for my my armies like i certainly don't plan on playing at a warhammer event so specifically that it would be an issue no 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 um any and even then like i think to a degree i i don't necessarily agree with their ruling on that i understand like playing with models from a company that's their tournament they're putting on they're paying for it's you know like going to a magic tournament you're not bringing you know knockoffs or something like that'd be weird yeah right um my guess
1: is that those rules aren't enforced too heavily
0: I I can't imagine they are Unless it's like super egregious, right? Like you just can tell that this isn't what this is supposed to be. This doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um. But you know, like a little like, little gubbins or yeah. whatever. Like, eh. eh
1: in the, on. in the far far reaches of the possible situation where you're called out for a 3D printed bit in an official Warhammer 40k tournament, and the judge says that. Bit 3D printed. Pull out your cell phone. Press record, but get get the get the little video app going. Just press record. Oh yeah, and say, uh, I'm sorry. Can you ask your? This is a judge at a Warhammer 40k uh, event. <laughs> yeah. Can you can you repeat your question <laughs> to me, sir? Um, just, just the the, the optics yeah. of disqualifying someone or or whatever for uh, and then... yeah a, 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 a 3D printed. Combi Melta is is not good. It's not good. So
0: right, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, um, Um, but (laughs) especially if I could just sculpt it myself, and it's like crap, but still, you can tell what it is, and like, sure, that that flies, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's totally fine. I mean, we're certainly not here to talk about the uh, GW three D printing policy,
1: yeah, which we barely understand, but
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, (laughs) it's not like we run into it often. (laughs) <laughs> Still it's a thing.
1: So we actually did touch on a real issue though of if you do get damage to your your minis or your basing or whatever like the uh-huh. the color of the material does play a role in how obvious that damage is. So yeah. so for example the the terrain channels like uh like Black Magic Craft when he's mm-hmm. using Mod Podge He mixes black paint into his mod podge so that instead of putting down a layer of white texture and then painting over it, he's putting down a layer of gray texture and then painting over it. And that means that just as terrain is taking damage in just ordinary use, that Uh damage is showing through his gray, which most people won't even pick up on. Like, it'd have to be taking a lot of damage for anyone to even register it but if you're dealing with a with a white material underneath and you you chip off a couple of rocks or or some of your sand or your flock falls off whatever that white is going to shine through and um in that situation hey yeah. depends what the model is maybe <clears throat> maybe my peachy flesh resin is is the wrong call i don't know we'll find <laughs> out
0: i mean if you're uh throwing your minis around i guess
1: i don't know everything takes damage even um yeah i've been i've been painting bravely and trying to dry brush a little bit more recently and so yeah all right and so in the situation where i have a metal mini and um i think i think spray on like airbrush primer is a little less durable than the the organic solvent spray can primer And so the act of dry brushing over airbrush primer on metal mini, I'm getting a few like little, little chips of, of some of the high points Mm -hmm. are, are wearing off and I'm seeing a a little bit of silver under there. And, you know, they're just in daily use. Yeah. The paint jobs take damage even, even when you're working on them, like it it happens, it happens. And yeah. uh, in the situation where where you have the choice of what color the the foundational material of your mini is, hey, if it's something that kind of camouflages in with what the paint job is eventually going to look like, yeah, not a bad thing. It, it's an edge case, but not a bad thing.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um, And I mean, you know, in general, like we said, like, gray is just going to be easier to see when you're working on stuff to clean it up. Yep so yep.
1: yeah yeah no, i think uh I, I
0: like to default there yeah
1: and that's the same conversation with primers as well gray is pretty easy to see tan is pretty easy to see browns flesh color like that's, that's mm-hmm. not so bad not so bad
0: yeah yeah um i guess because we're talking about 3d printing um i guess i want to i want to because we haven't really talked about it in a while like in earnest i suppose. Um, the last time we really touched on three D printing, like we both had like first generation, any cubic photons, right? Yeah. But like HD LCD non mono single rail, you know, printer, right? No, those
1: those are. I, I mean, even, they're. I don't know what you want to call them. I think they're they're technically what, two K. Like I think they're two K. Yeah. yeah, they're two K. Okay. So yeah. My opinion is that that resolution on the on the size of an any cubic photon is just fine. That's that's my take. Oh, I agree. That's my stance. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I fully agree. Yeah. Like th- that thing printed out so much good stuff for me.
1: Yeah, um, that was and, a key moment in like, history. It the any cubic
0: really didn't fail that often. Oh yeah, yes. No, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, but you know, now we're out we're we're getting like your standard is like 8k with auto filling vats and heaters and filters and whatever um i saw a printer the other day that um has all sorts of like detection on it for if a print fails you know it'll stop printing and and just like auto cleaning and all all this weird crap right Mm -hmm. um have things even gotten better? Like, are they actually genuinely better for what we use them for? Or is it still as good as the photon?
1: I don't know. Uh, so like I said, the, the most advanced printer I have right now is the, the Hallett, uh one plus, which I think might be 4k. I'm not even, I'm not even super sure, but over, over a couple of years, I did notice that like, the lcd screen on the printer went from a single color to like a full color mini lcd screen like a touch screen for the control when you're when you're setting up a print and just just all kinds of little things like that like little improvements of of quality of life i still haven't tried an auto filling i still haven't tried the heated resin bath although maybe i should like you know we get into to winter twenty twenty three, winter twenty twenty four. I might need that heated bath, for uh, for for my resin vat to to keep things going. Um, but I don't know. There I, there definitely are all these iterations that that printers are more feature filled these days, and I think some of them are nice quality of life things. The, the resolutions keep going up, which in theory, it improves the quality of the prints. I mean, it's it it's uh, getting kind of on the margins there because, like I said, like the, the quality of the prints coming out of that any cubic photon from, I don't even know what the date of that was. We should look that up, what, 2017, like 2018?
0: Something like yeah. that, yeah. It it was a while ago. It was three or four years, maybe five years. Yeah, almost even, yeah, like four years ago, something like that. Sure, sure. It's it's been a minute,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's confident. what what's in it? not a revolution, but an evolution. Like many, there have been many evolutions, not evol- Revolutionary, evolutionary iterations. There's been some <laughs> iterations. Good iterations in there for sure. Yeah, for yeah.
0: Sure. <laughs> yeah, good good iterations on some already like decent technology, um, like things you know have gotten i guess easier um leveling out your print head or whatever is generally a non issue these days i feel like um where it used to be like a single locking screw on a swivel head that like if you got it wrong would definitely not work <laughs> and now it's like well we we can lock off half these axes and it's fine Although I don't know why not, just have it literally be flat all the time. Is it is it so hard to ask to just be flat? I feel like it's it's an up and down mechanism. Like is that do we need? Okay, I don't know. I'm not sure the function of being able to move it at all.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. They they must not have been able to figure that out. Anyway, just a little bit of leveling to make sure that the. The LCD screen and your print plate are always parallel to one another. Like, that's... Right. But, like... <laughs> Is it that hard?
0: <laughs> Is it that hard? <laughs> like, if it's a thing that goes up and down and the screen never moves, right? Like, you pancake flat every time. Does it, does it move? Does something move? Or is it like because you take it off?
1: I mean, it's all connected to somehow... it's all connected to a screw. So, I I guess at the like point of contact with the 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 linear actuator, the screw part of things, like there's there's a ramp there, like there's a inclined plane in a circle, the the screw bit, the, the threads. Yeah. So yeah, it's like that at least. Like there's a little bit of side to side motion there, right? so so to a, to Maybe? make sure that that's perfectly aligned they need a, a little bit of a, a correction with whatever it apparently it's necessary <laughs> i'm sure there's a reason dude, i'm sure there is a reason dude you, the level <laughs> the level of wrath that we would have if there was no way to adjust the the yeah the pl- print plate if there was no way to adjust the print plate and it was off center for whatever reason or it was slightly misaligned like you had to like bend
0: the metal into place or something
1: the level of anger uh,
0: astronomical Yeah, Yeah. I'm just I mean I okay like I understand (laughs) in principle why it it is that way at the same time it doesn't seem like it's necessary like when you just think about it for a minute it's like Okay, like like uh they've developed, you know, the plates to pop off 3D prints, yep, right? Yep. So why not have a fixed head that just goes down and it prints and then you just pop off the plate? That's the thing that gets removed, but everything is always level all the time. Sure. Like it I you know. Sure. I don't know. Um just throwing it out there. Okay,
1: so so let's reframe it like this. It modern day, twenty twenty three, what is the most Annoying, labor-intensive, fiddly bit of 3D printing, 3D resin printing these days. Changing the FEP. Okay, yeah, that's a good answer. This is a dang, good answer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: hands down, that is the absolute worst part of owning a 3D printer. I I could care less about the mess or the smell or anything else, but every time I have to change out an FEP, it's like, all right, I gotta like. Get ready, you know. Okay. Got to make sure I have all my stuff, and, I, and there's a hundred screws that I got to take out, and then pop back through this new FEP and hope I don't screw it up. Okay,
1: the FEP yeah, yeah, is yeah. the fluorinated ethyl propylene. I don't know. It's yeah. It is, that's a good answer. It is a sheet of essentially clear Teflon. the The point yeah. is that the the rays from the the screen on the printer can shoot up through the the clear bottom of the FEP into the resin vat and, and, and make the magic happen. And just over time, that clear piece of plastic gets scratched up and mucked up and weird mm-hmm. little smudges mm-hmm. on it. And it, every once in a while, you need to clear out that, that uh, thin, clear piece of plastic on the bottom of the resin vat. And uh-huh. it is, you know, to, to make a watertight or resin-tight seal... It's yeah. Uh, it, it's a whole lot of tiny little set screws that that keep that piece of plastic in place. And once your once your brand new printer has has seen a a few dozen print runs, or or you accidentally make a few errors, you got to change yeah. that out. And it is an odyssey.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way to put it. It's a it's a hero's journey, if you will. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's a huge pain and uh, I have to do it on two of my printers right now. Um, so I've been using uh, an Anycubic Mono X and an Elegoo Saturn. And I, I did a like a huge project, right? Like a couple was a month and a half, two months ago. I don't even know how far we are it this year. Uh, I did that Stompa with all the guns on it, right? And I printed out just an absolute insane amount of stuff. And I still have tons of bits. Like I printed out way more than I needed. Um, but I was, I was just on a kick, right? I I, like, I I went through like a gallon and a half or something of resin. It was, it was a lot. Um, (laughs) and like those FEPs are real loose. Like essentially, um, (laughs) like if, if you've ever played drums or, you know, you, been around drums at all you know after a while of hitting that drum the head gets loose and they have to be replaced it's the same kind of thing like you, you just put dents and you do all this stuff and you're pulling up the resin off of that FEP you know because it's curing to it it's gonna stretch and that's just what it is so right now to not have to replace my FEPs I'm printing on the very edge of the plate all the way around and that's working real good. So, pro tip, hot tip, if you will, if your FEP is just jacked or you did something to it, uh, you know, as long as there's not a hole in it, it's leaking resin everywhere. Just move all of your stuff in your slicer program to the outside of the plate and it should still work pretty good. <laughs> like, you might get some funky offsetting. Like sometimes things can come out at like, you know, a five degree angle. <laughs> so watch out for that. Cause the center is really where you want it to be, but Hey, it works pretty good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's been my life this like last, uh, week and a half or so. <laughs> like I just haven't, I haven't committed to replacing it. I've just been printing everything on the edge, but, uh, like, you saw the models. Like, you couldn't tell they were warped in any fashion. They look good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Those the models you showed me did look good. So... Yeah. The, the thing that makes any of these repairs more annoying is that the the sticky mess of resin has not been solved and will not be solved anytime soon. That... Uh, Probably not, though. If you do commit to getting a 3D printer again... Keep it somewhere where you're not constantly breathing the fumes and, uh, keep it somewhere where you understand that whatever desk or table or bench you put it on is, is going to get a little sticky and over Uh time it's going to get a lot sticky and, and you want to put, put down some newspapers is is what I'm saying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, another hot tip coming at you. If you want to, you know, do a bunch of 3D printing, you're going to make a mess, right? Mm Mm-hmm. If you want to get rid of the stickiness, go get yourself a $5 UV flashlight. Mm. After you move your 3D printers, whatever, UV flashlight that table, and it'll harden all that stuff up. It won't be sticky anymore, and you can either scrape it off or just wipe it down, and you won't even notice. That's
1: a good tip. I like that. I'm going I'm to yeah. try that tip out, Casey. But
0: Definitely try that out. Yeah.
1: But Yeah. Because it, it, it works. <laughs> when you do need to do any any maintenance or releveling the the printhead or or uh replacing the the f e p sheet anything like that you gotta you gotta glove up and roll up your sleeves and maybe get out your your little u v flashlight or or torch as they would <laughs> say in the u k great britain oh, probably yeah. france oh, yeah. i don't know uh you get out your u v torch and and just uh yeah hard, harden that all up to to make sure that you're not dealing with quite as much sticky resin. Um yeah. So so for that reason like no amount of auto leveling, auto filling, bath warming is going to make that big of a difference. <laughs> like there's right. there's definitely a ceiling on how convenient things can get until there's some 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 giant leap in automization of of all. Yeah.
0: This. Yeah, which I I honestly I don't know like unless they can auto empty the the VAT auto like clean enough. the
1: VAT, like yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't that, think that's I don't gonna happen. That like could. I, uh,
1: no. So my my guess is that the evolution that's gonna happen is that um 3D printers at local game stores is going to become more and more common and that people yeah. are going to figure out the business model of How do you give an STL file to your store owner and they will print something and get it back to you within a week? Like that's, I feel like, and I'm sure stores are already doing this, but to me that seems like the, the next step in all of this. And they will have a back room with a handful of printers and it will be their table back there that gets messy and sticky. And it will be their uh-huh. employees who glove up to fix the dang things, um, <laughs> because there's, I mean, yeah, yeah. There's there's a hard cap on on the number of people willing to dedicate a bench in their house in you know, precious space that's uh, not constantly having the air breathe. That's uh, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, for a while there, I had a real good setup. Uh you saw it when everything was in my, my shower. Yes, you I know? did see it. Three printers up in the shower. It's a its own closed room with a fan and everything and just set it and not think about it at all. That was that was a good spot for three D printers. Uh not convenient for anyone else, of course. No. That shower never got used. No, but, no, no, know, no. For me it was it's great.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you moved <laughs> to a new place and
0: uh, yeah, yeah, new where place, just new challenges. Behind. You're
1: getting into uh, lizard and gecko and iguana season over there in in Nevada.
0: Oh my god, dude! Yeah, uh, luckily I I got rid of the two that made it their way in here, <laughs> but this week? Uh, yeah, essentially. Although it's been raining this week, so uh, it's, it's been a good week.
1: <laughs> Wish Casey luck, um, everyone. He's he's oh gonna be dealing god. with lizards in the in the coming. Oh no,
0: the other day the other day I was sitting down on the floor, right? Uh, I was building this new table I got, which I plan on talking about at some point during this thing. But, um, I don't know if you've ever seen them, but in Nevada we have these stink bugs that are a good, I don't know, like inch and a half, two inches long, huge, like, like almost like dung beetle looking bugs. Um, nice size pinchers on the front. Um, and they, what they do is when they get scared, they just point their ass up in the air mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you can smell it. Like it's really pungent, it's nasty mm-hmm. and they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. And like, I hadn't seen one in, the, in my neighborhood where I am now. Cause it's kind of, you know, suburban now... neighborhood, if you will. Like I used to see them out in the, the desert all the time, but now apparently they're, they're just coming into my office. So I'm sitting uh-huh. and this one just like crawls over my leg and I'm just like I it freaked me out of course. Um and then it freaked out and then it smelled in here and then I had to grab a thing and toss it outside. It was terrible. Terrible. Yeah, so I'm looking into getting some uh, sealant for the garage door. <laughs> like a an all-weather like, you know, seal that that flops around all sides including the bottom and everything and the yeah, that so that's happening. Um, And I also, I, I installed an AC in here, so it's it's not going to be, like, extraordinarily hot during the summer like it was last summer. It's going to be nice and cool in here. Like, it's, it's rated for this room and everything, and, and it cools it down nicely. Of course, I had to bust out the heater again because it's been, like, 40 degrees this week. But uh, that's, that's kind of how Nevada is in general up here, in the northern part. You never know. So... Yeah, yeah, that's what I've been dealing with lizards and stink bugs, and that's it so far.
1: I haven't seen anything else. I wish you the best of luck, and you <laughs> let me know when you get all that sorted, and I'll come visit you. You know, like...
0: I mean, so far so good. The couch I have in here is real nice.
1: Yeah, I've seen the pictures of iguanas sitting on that couch, and uh, yeah, yeah. In the event the... that I come yeah, visit no, no, you, fine. I'm pretty sure that's where I'm sleeping. So we, we... fair, some... yeah
0: that's some some ground rules like don't worry i uh checked it for lizards you're good to go for at least 12 hours
1: (laughs) yeah i will leave you a a terrible review on the on the apps if if
0: uh yeah first 10 minutes of the next podcast is just reviewing your staying conditions my. (laughs) i woke up and it was on my face and, uh, that I flew home,
1: yeah, and that <laughs> is stunk in in it. here.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I didn't know why. <laughs> um, <laughs> now the the stink bug thing was was uh, definitely, I think, a, a weird fluke because, like, I literally haven't seen one of those in this neighborhood or area f- ever. Um, and I've been out here for like six years now, so I don't know what that was about. Cool, just crawled out a hole somewhere. Cool, the lizard thing though, like. Really like you're fine. They're they're harmless. Okay. They don't bite. They crawl. Okay. And and they don't have like pokey, you know, nails or anything. They're fine.
1: Okay. Well, we'll we'll learn to get along then.
0: It'll be great. Uh
1: huh. Uh huh.
0: It'll be great. You'll be painting models, and all of a sudden you'll hear something, and they're just one up on the wall. Boom. Bam. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Then you you grab him and you say, Yeah, you little guy, you just gotta get out of here. Get, get out of here,
1: some- little guy. T- toss
0: toss him out. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. And then you 3D print some stuff.
1: Alright. So I got <laughs> I got another thing to say about 3D printers is that I hope as we go forward the the, the, the culture of durability is improved. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh, as uh-huh. far as I know, all of these 3D printers are still manufactured in like the same two factories in China. And right. they do have durability issues. Like the the, the screens uh-huh. um, need to be replaced every once in a while. They die pretty frequently. Uh, to a point, it makes sense. The whole point of the, the screens is that they're shooting UV radiation everywhere. UV radiation, like degrades organic material and causes reactions to happen in organic material which is why it causes sunburns and cancer and also causes uh resin to polymerize so like <laughs> yeah it, it, those to a point are going to degrade but we also see a lot of problems with these screens just because like the connectors aren't very good
0: yeah. A lot of the a lot of the actual connections to the small boards, because I don't know if you've ever opened opened sure. one up, but it's basically like the size of a Raspberry Pi. Mm-hmm. It's really small, like three by three. Mm-hmm. And that's what runs your entire printer. Yep. It's very simple, essentially simple technology. Yep. Um, but the man, the ribbons are so fragile. Yeah. Bulk yeah. that like up like one time Let's go. I got a printer. I, I got the DLP printer like Texas instruments one from AnyCubic, and like it didn't really work when the, I got it it was like a pre-production model so I'm sure there was some other funkiness with it but like I was emailing back and forth and they're just like oh yeah just remove the ribbon and reattach it I'm like there is no way there is absolutely no way that this is gonna work and guess what it didn't work yeah and then it completely didn't work. Do Did you, so. you see
1: how small this is? Here is a stink bug for size comparison. Look how <laughs> yeah, huge exactly. the stink bug is it's and quadruple how quadrupled the size. Is.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well it's like a ribbon with like fifty or sixty cables right. attached to it, like leads on the end of it. It's not a small ribbon. It's not like your twenty four pin into a motherboard kind of ribbon. Yep. You know, this it's a whole other thing. So yeah, needless to say I guess that didn't didn't go well.
1: Yeah. Um but we've seen we've seen <laughs> yeah. lots of mechanical failures on these as well and there's only the one moving part but i've seen a couple of them jam up the linear actuator just uh. stop in the down position or something like that um, oh man and that is that is definitely room for improvement of just charge an extra 50 bucks use a yeah. use a thick durable ribbon between the electronic parts use use yeah. some nice thick <laughs> durable wires that that aren't going to break when you like set the printer on your table uh yeah. use use just slightly more expensive components, like instead of the very cheapest, go to like the second cheapest component on everything. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's like the same rules for buying bus tickets. Like just, just go to the second cheapest. Like that, that'll cause save save you so much trouble if you do that. (laughs) Um, the, so, so, okay. So one of the reasons I'm, I'm upset today is that I've been printing a lot. And it went to and I went to cure all these prints that I've been printing. Yeah, and uh, a year or two ago, uh, let me check my Frozen sent me a cure booth, so it's a, oh, yeah. it's a turntable and it's like a, a U of uh, lights of UV LED lights in in a U shape yeah. above the turntable, and I go to cure my prints. I press on and the turntable spins. And the lights don't go on. Oh, uh, and uh, this was yesterday, and I uh, I don't know. Thomas. And uh, Frozen sent this to me, this to me for free. Thank you, Frozen. It broke, and if I spent two hundred and fifty bucks on this, I would be more angry than I currently am. Like I'm, I'm yeah. currently like it's it's shown up in. I think maybe twice in my videos, in like a five-second segment. It's it's a segment. Maybe you folks mm-hmm. remember this at home if you watch Cooter Hobbies. But <laughs> I turn on the cure booth, and I've got my sunglasses on, and I kind of peek my head out from behind the cure booth.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: That cure booth doesn't work anymore. Those lights don't go on anymore. Uh, so, uh,
0: what a bummer, man. That's got to be see. That's that's some like stupid ribbon thing that like he moved it half an inch, and and that just like. One pin fell out. So nice I'm not screw. I'm not abusing this instrument.
1: I put it on my table <laughs> right. and then I put it under the table. And then sometimes I put it on the table again. Like I'm not doing anything crazy here. Yeah. And yeah. it's a light. It's a light. Like Oh the, yeah. yeah. The turntable, I can imagine like one of the gears lost the grease and it you know, jammed up, something overheated. I don't sure, know. Sure. Like, again, like cheap components, but if your light doesn't turn on Oh man! Like that's <laughs> it yeah, yeah i didn't I didn't pay two hundred and fifty bucks for that cure booth, but like i did i did say, you know basically implicitly say like hey, this thing does the job, and here I am smiling with my sunglasses behind my cure booth and uh yeah uh,
0: well, when it works, it does
1: the yeah. job. So, I think that's been a common experience or at least for me is like these these printers, uh-huh. these cure booths, um from all these Chinese companies like they start and they work perfectly right out of the box. That's been my experience is that the they generally yeah. do work. You said that you had an AnyCubic. cubic that, that
0: I just didn't had work, the one. But, yeah. yeah, but that that was a, it was an interesting case because like they legitimately were like, "No, this is this is a pre-production model that we've had in our office that we were testing with Mm -hmm. and we are sending it to you now. Um, I don't know how legitimate that is, but that's what they told me. Mm -hmm. Um, and it technically worked for a couple of prints, but the prints didn't come out. Um, and then, you know, I was going back and forth with them and then it just stopped working altogether. So something was clearly wrong with it. From when they sent it to me. Yep. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's being shipped, you know, from China on a boat, yeah. presumably. Yep. And yeah. Who knows? But all my other printers have out of the box been perfect. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, to a degree, like there's a moving part, there's, uh, lcd screen that is shooting uv light which is gonna cause problems eventually but i don't know there's there still seems to be like quality control issues and i wish that there was a little more emphasis on durability and i think that'll i think eventually once they run out of like other gimmicks to add to the printers that may be start (laughs) to be a selling factor and and also just you know the the longer it's been since 3d printers have been on the market and the higher percentage of the total printers sold start to malfunction like i I think yeah. that'll start to to change hopefully um, and you know I, I I'll start to call for it but you know, i I feel uh-huh. bad as as a youtuber in in that like you know most of my videos where I have a 3d printer in them is because the 3d printer worked and I have a mini to paint now. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I very rarely I basically never show you under my 3d printing table where I have multiple 3d printers that have something wrong with them at the moment that needs to be sorted out. Troubleshot. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's actually, that's actually really interesting. Um, because I know you've had more failures with printers than I have. Okay. Um, I still have right now. So I thought that my, uh, My Elidu Saturn, like, crapped out completely. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went to go use it. I tried to turn it on, uh, checked the power brick. I was like, you know, trying to figure out if I plugged it in or if something wasn't powering on. Um, It works now, and it's been working perfectly fine. It didn't turn on a couple of times that I tried to turn it on. But other than that, that's the only actual issue I've had with it. Um, Otherwise, I have, like, three working printers and I've had them and they've worked since I've gotten them. Cool. Um and
1: I mean I use them a lot. Nice. Like a lot. Nice, that's good. That's good.
0: Yeah. So I don't know, maybe I just got lucky with with those in particular, but um yeah, I mean, cuz we do show a lot of these things. Obviously, these companies send us this stuff. Yeah. Um and it's like, yeah, they work great out of the box. That's definitely been our experience, but then yeah, like I mean, a few months later, a year later, they just stop working. Like that's not great. That's not
1: great. That's really not, great not acceptable. At all. Um. And I mean, we've joked before about Jawas like coming and collecting three D printers <laughs> and then rolling around in their crawler and like setting them all up and like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Owen yeah, exactly. Lars can go and pick out a a refurbished yeah, exactly. AnyCubic <laughs> Photon and,
0: <laughs> just put a new screen yeah. on there Got yourself a new lift arm yeah not that one no no not that one oh no, no. the photon
1: yeah. s the photon s
0: yeah oh yeah yeah oh man um uh
1: but i don't know it it'll be interesting to see what happens and and i know that uh for the people who have more time to to fiddle with their printers that there are you know a lot of I don't know, reddit threads and, and stuff out there that that give more tips for troubleshooting that i've that i've had the time to go through but um
0: i don't think most people get into 3d printing though with the the thought that like oh i'm gonna have to replace this screen in a year i'm gonna have Mm -hmm. to do something or or you know line up this ribbon perfectly or whatever the case is like it's not part of the hobby that you're in. You're not like, I, you know, I love engineering and building. That's not the fun part. Oh, I don't want to that's not the fun part for sure. Yeah. Like generally, especially if you watch any of our videos, it's like, well, I want to print models. Yeah. Cause that's what I want to do. Right. So yeah, like I, I like that, that kind of underground extra hobby on the hobby exists, right. Of people who can troubleshoot and figure this stuff out. I hate that it's necessary. Me too. Yeah. Like that shouldn't it shouldn't exist. That underground scene shouldn't exist unless there are people modding their three D printers on purpose, voiding any warranty. Although, now that I mention that, most of these people, I think if you buy from them, give you a short warranty. Yeah. But but the the pro tip the hot tip on that is to just buy it from amazon so yeah. you can return it if it doesn't work agreed yeah buy it from amazon
1: uh-huh
0: uh-huh yeah it's a good call <laughs> um yeah i don't know it, it sucks because i feel like when we make videos about 3d printers, it's kind of like yeah it works right now that's great
1: exactly exactly and that's I mean any product category that you're meant to have over several years like a lot of times any any review is going to be like yeah the, the first month or couple of months and uh, kudos to to the people who do make a review like here's my experience of the first 6 months the first year of of using yeah, something yeah. those are rare but like I I really respect the people who who will mm-hmm. do that um and I I think it is necessary but <laughs> Even then, you know, if a 3D printer something serious goes wrong with it after 18 months, still not great, still not great. Yeah, I mean,
0: considering the cost too. Yeah. Um, yeah. although I mean, uh, some of this stuff that used to cost, like I remember when the Mono X came out and it was like $800 or $900 or something, right? Maybe you can get those, you can literally get uh, uh, an any cubic Mono X 4K mono printer that is like an exceptionally Quality 3D printer in, in that space uh, for like $149 these days. Yeah. Like it's not a huge investment considering like a new box of, you know, GW is like 250 right? So it, it feels like, okay, this is probably going to last a couple of years, right? Like I feel better about that, but like at $900, like, that should better last for like a
1: decade. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. My, uh, I've got a laser printer over here, an HP 1020. Bought it 17 years ago. Still going. <laughs>
0: yeah, still going. That's right. <laughs> Hewlett Packard knows what's going on. That's right.
1: That's what we need to have happen is to have HP start to make some 3D printers. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not not all these brands that we only know them because they make 3D printers. We need yeah. we need, we need <laughs> Honda to make a, a 3D printer, Toyota to make a Ooh. 3D printer, Mitsubishi. Yeah.
0: Mitsubishi might yeah. cuz that makes sense. Uh, Yamaha could. Sure.
1: It perfect. Uh, perfect. Yeah.
0: Like yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Uh <laughs> that that would be interesting. Yeah, you start getting some I mean, I guess, I guess it depends on how big the uh, the hobby, so to speak, gets. Um, I mean, if prices keep going down, then maybe, maybe we'll end up getting there. If these companies find some sort of value, because like clearly, you know, like Honda, Yamaha, Mitsubishi, whatever, they're all closer to to that side of the world. It's probably easier to to manufacture something from scratch over there start something I would imagine who knows I don't know yeah I don't know but But um
1: anyway still I ordered myself some uh LED black lights uh so that I can jury rig my frozen Luna cure booth uh (laughs) and I'll just drill a hole in the side so that I can snake in my LED wire and just uh, you know sad as I've seen that before
0: I've legitimately seen somebody do that
1: before in a video So it's not, it's not. That's that's what I'm gonna be doing because the the very nice housing for the LEDs that came with it don't turn on anymore for no good reason. So I'm just gonna have two wires. It's got a, it's got a booth which is good for the UV rays to protect my eyes and and little Gordon and little Snuffles so they're not looking at UV radiation. And Uh also Uh it's got a turntable in there, but I'm gonna need that second wire for a. my amazon.com blacklight that i've got to rig up in there
0: so. <laughs> before i ever got a cure station i i bought one of those like amazon blacklight with the like erectus set trusses you know wonderful yeah and dude that thing never had a problem oh it yeah came with a oh, little, I mean, little turntable that was uh it was uh solar powered this is not complicated spin, technology
1: it should be reliable yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Otherwise, I just set them on a windowsill, and that also worked 100 yeah. percent
1: fine. I did that. I did that um, today actually. I took a baking tray right. and I coated it with a little bit of aluminum <laughs> foil to make it extra shiny. Took it out in the Ooh, sunshine. Yeah, get and...
0: that reflection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So let's let's talk about what we're printing here now in 3D printing season. What do you get?
0: Yeah. Well, I did I did mention earlier I was printing I was printing some uh, Stormcast bits. Um, so I'm taking a bunch of these old Stormcasts that like cause the old like original Stormcast models from the first AOS starter box, like they're they're pretty jank these days. Like and a lot of that line that came out, like built off of those originals, and like they're squat and funky and like misproportioned. Like it doesn't work for me. And and the new ones that came out in Dominion were like a huge breath of fresh air. Right. really cool models that uh, made way more sense to me. And I, I actually like painting those a lot more. Um, so I thought, okay, well, you know, how do, how do I fix this problem? Because I just happen to have a lot of Stormcast models. I, I probably have like four armies worth, like, you know, 8,000 points of Stormcast sitting around. I have a lot. And so I got to do something with them. Yeah, I I sold 2000 points of Stormcast a couple years ago. Mm -hmm, Still have still have an excess. It's ridiculous. So I thought, okay, there's some really cool like uh, grimdark, you know, like Mordheim looking uh, models that are using some Stormcast stuff uh, because their armor is pretty beefy. Right. So you can kind of use some of that and it looks cool. So I thought, all right, I'll I'll do that. I'll snip away and place some heads with some, you know, old knight, you know, old school, like realistic knight helmets, um, some cooler weapons, just general stuff like that. So that's mostly what I've been printing out, um, just to to kit bash those to make them look better. And I mean, I I did some of the old ones and I did some of the new ones just to kind of compare. And like it works pretty good. Like they actually look more proper together. You take some of the extra crap off of them. Um, and they look good. So that's mostly what I've been printing out. Um, I am going to be printing out, oh man, like a full terrain set for, uh, for side tiles. Can't remember if I mentioned this last time or not. They're like Lego bricks that put together to make terrain. Um, for 15 millimeter, uh, wargaming, that kind of thing. So I have a lot of that stuff that I'm planning on printing out. And luckily, uh, I just was in contact with any cubic the other day and they are sending me, uh, some ridiculous, like 12 K auto leveling resin printer that I've never seen or heard of that. I don't, I don't know. If it's going to make a difference, they really were like, Hey, we, we want you to try this out and print something really small that has a lot of detail. I'm like 15 millimeter models. Here we go. So I'm printing out like a massive amount of terrain and 15 millimeter models specifically because I want teeny tiny conquest first blood. That's the goal. That's the game I picked. Yeah. So thank you for your awesome suggestions. I got a good couple of really good suggestions. Um, Gaslands in 15 millimeters. Great suggestion. I think that would actually be really fun. Yes. Um, Another one was Star Wars Legion. Like little, little at in 15 mil. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. That sounds cool. So those were a close second. I ended up going with Conquest First Blood um, simply because... I don't know, it just, it looked awesome, and I've been watching, like, battle reports of it, and it looks super fun. Uh, it's basically taking the idea of Conquest with the movement trays, but you have, like, a warband that's not entirely small. Like, it's got, like, 15, 20 models in it. hmm at least. Built around a leader with a bunch of abilities, and everybody else has got something going on with a really solid list builder on their website that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah and all the rules are free so that's kind of why I'm aiming towards that a lot of because the rules are free but for all the other reasons too. <laughs> um, so that's that's the plan so tons of printing Um, I'm still waiting on that printer it's supposed to be here any day Oof. and I'm like trying to hold off to really get going on it because like I, I don't want to replace the FEPs to do the terrain parts because they're supposed to be perfectly square right they need to sit flat so I don't want to screw that up by printing out bad FEPs. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> but uh, that's the majority of my 3D printing that I've been doing and that I'm about to do. All right. Um, and we'll see how it goes. I'm definitely going to report, obviously I'm making a video about it, the 12K printer. I, is is 12Ks too many Ks? It, it feels like too many Ks.
1: That's a video title right there. Not a good one but <laughs> it's
0: 12k too many k's yeah <laughs> it turns out 2k was great
1: <laughs> yeah seemed fine
0: <laughs> we had 10 too many k's but not man. if you want
1: teeny teeny yeah. tiny models
0: oh man i i am i am kind of stoked because like a good 15 mil model like that has good detail does look so mm. good
1: Mm-mm-mm. like
0: even on a 4k printer i have no complaints like they look so good uh, the buildings, though, are, like, pretty detailed. I-, I mean, they're smaller, right? So you stack them, and it kind of hides the-, the build seams. Um, and there's some really cool configurations. So, like, that kind of detailed, that level with the tiny models. And mm, so good. Yeah. So that's that's what I've been up to. Nice. But you've been doing something
1: yeah, pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. I don't know if uh you all watch Mini Quest 64 on YouTube. You should if you, if you don't. Mini Quest 64. So, uh Sergey does a lot a lot of fun projects, but the one that caught my eye recently was he made just a little diorama of essentially a like a base from Warcraft 3. Like a so it's a uh, I don't know, a, a little square diorama, nice nice green forest. And there's all the, the buildings from Warcraft 3. And he actually uh, digitally sculpted, I think he did, the like the buildings from Warcraft 3. And um, I talked to him and he, he sent me the files. And so I have a little barracks here, oh, and a, a little lumber mill. And I just started painting these. That's why they don't look good. Uh, I, I got slowed down <laughs> a little bit because my, my curing booth didn't work. I had to take them out in the sunshine today. Right. But, I've got uh-huh, uh-huh. a little town hall, uh, I've got
0: oh, man.
1: farms, and the little sentry towers, and the altar of heroes, and this is, like, the front end of a gold mine, and I need to stick this on to, like, the side of a mountain, or, like, just a chunk of, yeah. you know, rock or something, but...
0: Well, what, what's, that, what's that gold mine in, in, like, that first area, the big, like, gold hill or something? I can't Goldshire.
1: remember. Goldshire? No, no. You're thinking no. of World it's, it's of Warcraft. It's like the first. I, I didn't play a ton of well, Warcraft yeah. three. I played a lot of Warcraft it's two. I played a lot of World of Warcraft, but I kind of skipped yeah. Warcraft three. But like, I recognized the buildings. A lot of the designs carried over into World of Warcraft. But, um, but anyway, so yeah, yeah. Um, that's very similar for me too. Yeah. yeah, it was a it was a fun video from. From MiniQuest sixty four, and uh, he he sent me the files. And I just wanted to print them off and and put a little paint on them just for nostalgia. Uh, no no other. I don't have a <laughs> yeah. good reason for for having any of these, but they are fun to me and I like them. So that's uh, that's one thing I was doing. Now that it's printing season, um, yeah. Also, I've been uh, talking with with Adam at Twin Goddess Miniatures, and he uh, sculpted me up a, a couple of minis. One is almost against my will, but it's just like a, a a jacked wizard Brent, uh, just a <laughs>
0: just a
1: shirtless wizard who's who's doing like the archer pose while while casting some spells and. Uh, have fun out there goobers get your subscription to, to twin goddess minis and and get your uh get you a brent miniature swole brent yeah, wonderful um, <laughs> but i'm gonna be
0: sharing that as often as i possibly can
1: thank you casey thank you but more importantly twin goddess minis also has uh uh, a really good line of of kobolds. They have, I mean, they have a lot yeah. of a lot of like cool goblins and stuff too. But I, uh, the, the, uh-huh. the kobolds are very nice. They're a lot of fun, cartoony, uh-huh. whimsical, mischievous, and uh, yeah, they, they sculpted me up uh, a cyberpunk kobold. Oh man, I thought I thought I. Did
0: you see that? I thought you were gonna say Did you see that. No, I thought you were gonna say swobold. Nope. Not this time. I legitimately not thought you time. were going to just be like, and he took my head off of that model and replaced it with a kobold. And here we are. Nope.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, still good. I haven't sunk that
1: low yet, Casey. Give it time. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, Brenton, yeah. Let my, let my brain bold. pickle
1: just a little bit more. We'll get there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Needs some time to ferment. Uh-huh.
1: We'll, we'll uh-huh. get
0: there. We're gonna we're
1: gonna hit that rock bottom eventually. <laughs> and we're gonna keep on going. Yeah. What? Yeah. Anyway, a a really cute little uh cyberpunk kobold. And I'm gonna use that actually as the miniature for a couple of painting classes I'm doing at SoonerCon thirty-one thirty three. There's a there's a convention in Oklahoma City that I'm going to at the uh-huh. beginning of July. And I'm teaching a couple of uh short little like beginner painting classes and I needed a model for that and I think this is gonna be fun. A Cyberpunk Kobold gives people a chance to you know paint the the skin or scale colors what whatever they wanna be, and he's got some uh, t shirt and a leather jacket and everything and use whatever fun cyberpunk colours you want to on there. Go nuts. A little, a little,
0: that sounds awesome. A little
1: two hours learn to paint class, and uh it's a fun model. Good, good for all ages. Perfect. So
0: that'll be fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I I'm kind of optimizing like my sizing and and exactly what support settings I want to do for that, and then I'm gonna print off like thirty two of those and and be ready for a convention in a couple of months. So. Nice. There are lots of things you can do with a 3D printer. Anything that comes into your mind, you can either you can either sculpt yourself some some buildings of a design which you definitely do not own, but if you're using <laughs> yeah. for private purposes, it's probably all right. Uh, it's legal. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah you're it's fine. Legal. Uh, Blizzard has other legal problems that that are more consuming to them than
0: yeah, <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Uh, that's, yeah. yeah, that's fair. They're, they're they're not gonna if you get a letter from phone, a blizzard,
1: uh you know legal representative you just reply don't you have better things to do like you yeah yeah just, <laughs> this should not be your priority right now
0: uh yeah. <laughs> right like your legal department is uh, yeah really needing to take a
1: look are at you procrastinating for yeah. what you need to be doing right <laughs> now like,
0: <laughs> exactly
1: <laughs> uh, so um you know what else what else do i have in printing Oh, I did. I did print off a couple more uh, dinosaurs for the the one page rules uh, collaboration. So yeah, all right. The the one page rules battle report video. It's been a couple of months, but it is still a real thing. There, the Cinecore Media is is getting real close on the edit, and uh, uh, Dave also has an edit for that battle report coming out. And depending on mm-hmm. when you listen to this uh, episode, that'll either be out or it'll be within a few weeks. But it's uh, I'm starting to get comments like, "Where's Where's the big fancy battle report? It's, it's real. It's happening. The the professionals take time to edit these things. It's out of my hands, but I'm also excited (laughs) for it. So, um,
0: yeah, I mean, it's interesting because it like, it does kind of scale, right? Like the, the dollar amount in camera equipment and, and like work effort that it took to make that then translates into, we need to actually edit this, like professionals, like they make a
1: movie. You know, so it's going to take a lot longer. So it's It's definitely
0: one of those things. YouTube video, meh, couple of days.
1: Depending, yeah.
0: Depending. Sometimes you don't even edit them. You just hit the button.
1: (laughs) Um, And, and, I mean, this is is a teachable moment that this is not a good process for actually filming Battle Report videos, but as a (laughs) one-off, like, what can we do with a serious film studio, cinema cameras, stupid robot arm um well we're we're gonna see what we can do, but it's taken many months to get to this point and yeah. it's more of a a proof of concept or or you know purposely going above and beyond to a ridiculous degree and uh oh yeah and and not good for actually keeping up with any particular game system but it will be fun to see one page rules um painted up with monument hobbies paints all all looking good for that battle report and it's it's real it's coming uh but i've I've been getting excited about that again and i checked in on one page rules and actually since i painted that army of space lizards the saurian star host they came out with more models for that line and so i've been printing some of the 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 new models for that army um and uh Maybe you'll get around to painting them someday, maybe not, but they look cool and I like them. So uh again, kind of saving up some STLs until it got warm in my basement and time to print some stuff <laughs> off.
0: At least you're printing them out. I mean, that's that's the other thing, right? Like we're we're now in this weird space where uh STLs are a digital pile of shame. Yep. And generally even if you've only been in 3d printing it for a little bit it's already bigger than probably your actual model collection oh yeah like oh, with the, yeah. the monthly stl drops and all this stuff it's like oh i'm getting 150 models a month like okay <laughs> i mean i'm getting that and i'm still like i i don't know what to do with this um yeah it's it's kind of insane anymore and it's nice to have I don't a know library if it's, it 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 is because I definitely at from time to time, like what okay, doing this conquest thing that I'm I'm gonna be working on, like I'm like, okay, well, they clearly don't have any fifteen millimeter models, so I'm going through my STL pile, going, well, what looks like uh, you know, old Dominion, like undead things? Like and just scrolling through until I find something that works. So yeah, I mean it's it's definitely uh helpful. But We are in a weird place that didn't exist even a couple of years
1: ago. So at Adepticon, I heard a new word for pile of shame, which I I really like. So I've I've referred to it as as like a library of going going and picking out, you know, something that you really want to work on. You you don't have anything on your painting desk. You go to the library and you check it out and you, you get something good that fits the moment. But I heard... comparison to a wine cellar at adepticon and Uh, i really like that it's like yeah you got you got a collection down there you 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 know the the whole point is to kind of hoard them and build your collection and to have some interesting stuff there but when the time comes you will you'll know the time you'll you'll go to your your storage area you'll you'll pick the the wine or the miniature that fits the moment and you will consume it and you'll have a good time with it. Um, but yeah. 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 I mean that, that definitely fits the idea of
0: collecting and not painting them. I mean, yeah. Cause like people who collect wines and stuff, like spending hundreds of dollars on a bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Could be a connoisseur. Of course,
1: there, there's some people that, that will not uh, will not touch their wine cellar, but like we're talking about the people who who do <laughs> both acquire and occasionally consume from their wine cellar. But yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. No, yeah, I I get it. Yeah, and uh, I definitely want to be the kind of uh, drinker that consumes the things that I buy. Because I I, I mean, yeah, okay, people collect like clearly, <laughs> but so specific drinking
1: that doesn't it doesn't have to be shameful you can get some some nice racks for it organize it yeah know it's there for for when the moment is right
0: i do like it yeah that's very good mm-hmm.
1: and and you can do the same thing digitally but organizing your files can be a little more tricky but actually my mini factory does a pretty good job so i i wish
0: honestly that that every company used that yeah. because that has helped just immensely i don't have to dump everything onto a hard drive and you know wait for it to fill up or something
1: and then to corrupt. Right. yeah
0: yeah just just let me not download it you guys can store it on a bunch of servers hopefully they'll stay there for
1: yeah a decent
0: amount of time Do not
1: go out of business my mini factory uh, let me give us give us like a little bit yeah. of warning if you're Eventually gonna go out I'll of get business, around to because we'll either try to like make but you for not now, go out of business fine. or we'll download all our files and good, good luck to you in the future but Anyway, we it happened. It happened, Casey.
0: I can't believe we actually had a crash. Oh no,
1: we're back. We're back. I see you now, Casey. Oh. Okay.
0: Well look at that little technical glitch. Is,
1: if anyone's still hanging out, up. uh we had a little technical glitch, but we're back with you. Um what else did we need to say today, Casey? Uh.
0: I don't know. Oh, I, I did want to mention, I, I'll mention it next time. I got some new tables in my hobby space. All right. Um, right. They're like the motorized lift tables. I'll definitely talk about Ooh. it next time after I've used them a little bit more. But man, it's been pretty helpful so far. Like just for painting and adjusting and lights and cameras, mostly for cameras. But in general, having a table that I can like lift to stand and actually put a game on and not have to bend all the way over. Like I'm getting old. That's just how it is. I don't need to be bending over a table. Like, just lift it up for me. Hmm. So, yeah, yeah, no, no. Next time, I'll I'll talk about that. But you got anything else? Been doing anything fun? Mm,
1: man, I've I've been playing that saga game. I've I've got some. like lo- into that. I found some local people who want to play Blood and Plunder. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So down to down to All Biddeford, right. there's uh there's a not a store. There's like a club. It's a a game cafe. A game cafe opened up down in Biddeford, which is uh, uh, like a mill town in southern Maine. Oh, yeah. And just in one of these old mill buildings next to the river, there's a, a cafe, basically. And the owner went to Facebook Marketplace. They bought a ton of nice old kitchen tables and, and like head. kitchen chairs so it's like nice dining room tables in, in this cafe area they've got a bar guy stands behind the bar and sells like bottled beer and, and coffee and stuff yeah. and they've got a game library and it's actually been a communal gathering place for a lot of nerd games so people are playing D&D right. there people are playing um, I mean that's where we've been getting together to play Saga there's a group that plays Blood and Plunder there um there's been a, a lot of mini games there so uh they've only been up open for a couple of months but the pint and pawn if you're in maine in down to biddeford uh pint and pawn and uh I, I wish them the best of luck and i'm gonna try to to be a, a patron there as much as i can so very cool so uh we had some blood and plunder working, working on the pirates working on my pirates
0: <laughs> nice Oh, going down to Biddeford. Yep. Just going to play some button and Plunder. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a good time.
1: <laughs> there's there's well, a few it's... main <laughs> towns where it just feels appropriate to use the main accent, and down to Biddeford <laughs> is, is one of those. Yes, yeah. you say it that yeah. way.
0: It's like, yeah. it just clicks so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So oh, anyway, we'll we'll report back. I'll let you know how my pirates do. Very good. And then uh, and then
0: we'll we'll talk about some some tables
1: next time. Boom. But uh, wrapping up
0: 3D printing though, um, I think it's been a huge help to the hobby, and I'm glad it exists. Mm-hmm. And I think things are getting a little bit better mm-hmm. if you know, d- d- just prices coming down in general, like really help that, especially with things that break and the kind of cheap quality of some of the stuff um that being said like I do find that the newer printers like they're made of some pretty solid metal um like some of the more expensive ones that I have seem to be holding up nicely so who knows maybe hopefully that's a trend that continues and they don't cheap out I mean as the the market kind of closes in on like I guess stability and not just like progression every six months. Like we'll probably end up getting nicer versions of the things that just exist and work.
1: So I, hope so. I
0: don't know. I'm pretty hopeful. And I think it's definitely worth getting into if you can find like a sweet deal on Amazon. So you right. can return it if it breaks. Right.
1: <laughs> yep. That, that the industry is cranking along. I'm glad it exists. Um, there are a ton of STL designers out there that just month after month are putting out awesome designs and uh, growing the the digital library that we all could access if we want to. So um, even if, you know, even if you don't own a particular STL, it's easy to go on, for example, my mini factory and find from the library that is continuously expanding something that actually does kind of fit the mood and meet your needs, so... Uh all all in all i'm still liking 3d printing absolutely sweet Yep, yep
0: well uh yeah let us know your thoughts down in the comments and uh till next time thank you again for joining us on another episode of paint bravely if you enjoyed this podcast please help us out by leaving us a review on itunes subscribing to the youtube channel and sharing this message with your hobby friends as always we appreciate each and every one of you for listening and we will talk to you next
1: time talk to you next time